Live from Orlando, Florida, you're listening to the Orlando Magic HQ podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic HQ podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is Friday, December 29th. And in today's episode, we will be talking about magic dealing with injuries again. Also, trade deadline is right around the corner and all-star voting. Do the magic really have a shot at getting some players to represent the Orlando Magic at the all-star game? But before we get into that, just a quick word from our sponsors bet online the only people that don't get time off this time of the year are pro athletes and us at bet online with nfl bowl season and nba in full swing over the holidays bet online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to second odds news and info bet online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access head there today to get into the action remember to use promo code believe to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. With that said, Al, this week in review, we lost against Boston, 128-111. Lost against Boston again, 114-97. We lost against Miami, Milwaukee. Got a win against Indiana, 117-110. Win against the, the very, very terrible Washington Wizards. And then a loss against the Embiid list. Philadelphia 76ers when you take a look at kind of summarizing uh these last few games since we last recorded um what what are your what are your thoughts on this we we knew that the magic weren't going to be able to sustain that level of play where they held on to the second place um in the east we fell down we're in fifth place right now in the east um where we're kind of balancing out a little bit but let's be honest uh we can contribute a lot of that to uh different factors right injuries is a big play of it um Jalen Suggs missed some games uh Joe Ingles Jonathan Isaac so really key players that that are really important to what we do on a day in and day out basis that are missing uh, some of these games but Jalen Suggs able to make it back we started uh implementing Wendell Carter Jr uh, but what do what do you take of these these last games I mean, you, you said it best. Uh, when you look back at the month of December, heading into December, we said it. Like, it's going to be a tough month. We have a really, really tough schedule, a lot of road games. And unfortunately, injures, injuries have not been kind to us. So if you were to tell me that this was our record fully healthy, I would have been like, eh, it's kind of concerning. Maybe we're not going to live up to that that fourth seed, fifth seed expectations that we now have for ourselves. But the fact that we've been injured so much we're missing so many key members of our team a five and seven record in a very tough month of december it's not bad like again we wish it was better let's be honest but looking back at it being positive i'm ending the year in a positive note that was my mindset heading into this podcast we got to be positive i mean if you would have told me that magic would have been 18 and 12 30 games in while missing mostly most of the games without markel and wendell carter missing J.I. and Gary Harris a ton of games in and out of the lineup, I would have told you that that was definitely not doable, especially with how tough our schedule is in the first half of the season. So all things considered, I, I'll take it. 
18 and 12, it's a solid record. And I think this team is going to do way, way better in the second half of the season once we get healthier and once the schedule gets a little bit easier. So am I satisfied this month? No. But if you would have told me again, a five and seven record with our injuries, I would have definitely taken that. What about you? What What's your takeaway from this past uh, seven games and how we have looked so far? Yeah. How, how do I forget about Gary Harris? Yeah. I, I mean, the second unit really took a hit. You know, uh, as much uh, smack as we've talked about Gary, uh, excuse me, Joe Ingles, um, he, he's a big part of the second unit. And I think that you're really starting to miss it. Right. Um, same with Gary Harris. The second unit, just in my opinion, hasn't been the same. Um, and it's because we're we're missing our whole entire second unit. Gary Harris, Joe Ingles, Jonathan Isaac. You know, that's that's a big part of our strength. You know, a, a lot of the games this season, when you brought in that second unit, you know, they they carried a lot of uh, the pressure off of the starting unit because they were able to get us back into games. They were able to keep us competitive. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, Coach Mose had a lot more weapons at his disposal, and that just hasn't been the case. I would say some of the bright spots that, you know, we, we can kind of uh, take a look at is we've been able to get a solid look from Caleb Houston, and he's been fun to watch, man. Every time he shoots the ball, you know, it looks like he's going in. Now, he's not giving us high production, but he's definitely somebody that you know that, you know, can add a value to this basketball team. Um, we also got a chance to see Anthony Black had uh, a career night, which was really awesome to see. I just wish that, you know, he would have followed that up with another consistent night. And I think that, you know, maybe if we would have saw that, it would have been more of a uh, turning of a page more so than just a, a one off. We didn't get a chance to see that. Um, but, you know, those are those are some of the bright spots. But uh, we know that this team is a team and we've said this before in other episodes. And, you know, not not taking it from the Golden State Warriors, but we're a team that's a strength in numbers. We need our whole arsenal of teams to really be at our at our peak, at our top. And, yeah, maybe you can say that about every basketball team. But for the Magic, who are terrible from behind the three point line, if you don't have Joe Ingles and you don't have Gary Harris, you know, that's going to hurt you even that much more. And we've been struggling behind the three point line more so than we have all season long. Um, so I'm I'm desperate to be able to get these guys back because they are a significant difference uh, for our basketball club. Yeah, man, I think to your point, I think Joe Ingles has been the biggest surprise to me. Not only the shooting, we know the shooting is is valuable, right? But the playmaking, believe it or not, like you would think that it's Cole Anthony running the show when the bench is in. And actually, no, it's been Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles bringing the ball up, picking rolls with Goga, with one, whoever's out there. So. I think we're missing that big time. And I was really hoping that he would be healthy to play tonight against the Knicks, which is a big game. We we need this game tonight. Um, unfortunately, he won't be able to go tonight. But hopefully, J.I. is back. Hopefully, Gary Harris plays tonight. Because, again, we need these bodies that just – they make a big difference on the defensive end, shooting-wise with Gary Harris. Um, and to your point, Anthony Black, I just need to see more consistency. I got to see him score 10 points you know, maybe in three, four games in a row. Like, it cannot be where he goes career high or 15 points in one game and then two the next. Like, the defense needs to know that you're a threat. When you are out there, and some teams have done this to us. Milwaukee did it. Philly did it. They dared him to shoot. They dared him to do something offensively, and he wasn't doing it. Then what that does is we're not playing five against four on the offensive end. 
And that's never fun because now that means two bodies on Paolo, two bodies on two bodies on France every single time. It's hard to score that way. It throws us off completely. Um, so hopefully that will come with more time, but it's definitely good to see him have that breakout game. It was fun to see him shooting threes and making them. It gives you a glimpse of what the future may be like if he can be more consistent, but um, definitely good to see. Yeah, the Magic are five and seven um, in December. And just to read off a stat from uh, Adam Papa Giorgio from the Penny and Pops podcast, who had mentioned this about Joe Ingles, that the Magic are three and seven when Joe Ingles misses a game or plays less than 15 minutes in a game. Orlando is currently 15 and five when Joe plays more than 15 minutes this season. So obviously, uh, I don't I don't have any of the analytical stats in front of me, but we know that Joe Ingles it doesn't he doesn't have to fill up the stat sheet in order for him to be impactful. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're we're talking about a a vet that just with his presence opens up the floor and his playmaking ability. I honestly didn't know that he was really that impactful um, before he got to Orlando. He definitely makes a difference because you know that allows Cole Anthony to be able to you know, do, do his, his thing at, at the off guard position. So, you know, it's, it's a person that we're missing drastically and hopefully we're able to get him back soon uh, because the magic are struggling. Yes. We had a really, really great win against Indiana, but you know, we, we, a game against Philadelphia at home without Joel Embiid, that should have been a, a automatic win. If we're serious about being a playoff team, then we need to be able to take advantage against circumstances like this. Like we're we're getting beat by Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. Like that that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't and let let it let alone it happen on our home court. The Magic are currently 0-2 since we've been the Kia Center. Right? So first off, don't even get me started with that. I, if you're gonna do a name change, do the name change at the end of the season, because now I just feel like it's it's bad karma, it's bad luck at this point. Like the Magic need to get a win under the Kia Center, because it needs to happen, right? Um, but outside of that, man, you you also thought that bringing in Wendell Carter, we know he missed a lot of time. It's going to take some time for him to get adjusted. But my man's playing like trash right now. Like he is not, he is not the Wendell Carter that we got uh, accustomed to, used to. Like it, it almost seems, not almost seems, it is a bad basketball decision to not have Goga play right now. And you can definitely show. Now, here's the thing, though. You need Wendell Carter to get over that. Like you need him to shake everything off and get back to playing his level of basketball because we know what Wendell Carter can bring. Luckily, we have, you know, a, a good stretch where most has shown a good balance between Wendell, uh, Mo, and then Goga. But what what are your thoughts on Wendell Carter so far? Um, where is he? That's really my question, man, because I, I don't think this version of Wendell Carter looks nothing like what we saw last year and what we saw in his first five games with us. And mind you, even in his first five games this season, he wasn't killing it, but he was producing. He was, you know, dropping 15 points, rebounding eight per game, doing decent things. But now, man, I I don't get it. Like, he just looks lost out there. He looks steps lower than anyone else. Um, And don't forget, like, his injury wasn't like an ACL or a, you know, ankle injury. It's a wrist on his offhand. So we're not talking about like it's affecting his shooting. It's affecting the way he moves. It's a wrist injury. Um, so if he's looking like this, I'm concerned for Markel. Markel's going to look when he comes back because Markel does have a significant injury in his knee, apparently. 
Um, but to answer your question, it's concerning. And I'm also not a fan of the rotations where now you're playing him seven minutes in the first quarter, but then he's benched all the way up to until like the two minute mark of the second quarter. It's like, is he in or is he not? Um, so do we send him to Lakeland and oh, not Lakeland, I keep saying that to Kissimmee and have him kind of, you know, work through this rust and then come back when he's ready? Because right now it's not helping the team. It's not helping himself. It's kind of weird uh, what they're doing with him right now. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I personally, I'm surprised, but not surprised. You know, I, I guess you expected for Wendell to be plugged in um, at the starting lineup. Um, I'm surprised that the adjustment hasn't already been made. But you you bring up a really good point. It's it's not like it was a leg injury. It, it, was, his, it was his left hand. So um, why, why? Why isn't he producing more? I, granted, I get it. He's it's it's been a long time frame since he's been on the basketball court. It's going to take a minute for him to adjust. But man, the Magic had a really good thing rolling with Goga, and it would I would have liked to have seen Wendell come off the bench until he's really more acclimated, um, you know, back onto the floor because Goga he's been giving us really good minutes. The starters are already used to him being on the floor. You know, so it's it's one thing that I I wish we would have seen. Um, at this point, it's it, in my opinion is a little too late. But you know, there there has to be that that click, that switch where you know the adjustment is made because we're the the magic. The, there's no, I can't think of another NBA team that can be successful, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, without high caliber point guard and center play. Like we can't just strictly rely on on Franz and Paolo. The whole, I mean, granted, that's that's our offense, right? But at the same time, we need we need strong support on those two pillar positions. We just don't have that right now. Anthony Black, he's he's doing what he's able to do. I get that, but we should be able to get more. We're we're waiting patiently, waiting for Markel Fultz to get back. And if it's anything like Wendell Carter coming back, I don't know if I'm really looking forward to it. Like it's going to take Markel another set of time frame for him to get adjusted and acclimated, and it's just you you want to continue watching and seeing the success uh, of of this mat uh, of this Magic Basketball Club, and I I just feel like it's it's going to be it's going to be a long adjustment before you know we're we're able to continue to you know play at at the high level. I'm not ex- I'm not expecting for us to win nine games in a row again. Um, but man, the, these are games that we should be winning. We should be able to be a Philadelphia team that has no Joel Embiid and a crap talking uh, <laughs> Beverly. Beverly. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's t- it's tough. It's tough. Uh, you want the Magic to be healthy? That's just not the case right now. And I kind of feel like we're at a, a stagnant state. And I mean, you can say that for the last what three, four years. And I think that's the. Part of it, I tweeted this today where I'm the most upset. I recall opening night, I recall our episode before the season, us talking to each other saying, we're finally going to a season fully healthy. It's going to be amazing to see this team kind of grow and develop and really evaluate what we have because we're finally healthy. And that lasted five games. And game 30 is here and we're still dealing with it. So it's tough. I, I feel bad for the front office because we're not really getting a chance to evaluate Markel Fultz. We're not really getting a chance to see Wendell Carter with his point guard. Like, let's be real. Wendell's point guard is Markel Fultz. He's scored easily, you know, 8 to 12 points a night off of pick and roll plays from Markel Fultz. So I also don't want to put all the blame on Wendell solely because he's also getting used to playing with 
Anthony Black, who he's never played with in the past, and that's tough to do. Paolo and Franz are great playmakers, but again, they are main scorers. So I think that's the biggest thing for Wendell. He's kind of just learning to play with this new lineup that we're throwing out there. Um, but to your point, man, we need Wendell, we need Markel to play and stay healthy. Because again, if we're trying to be serious in the playoffs, they're the key. Don't get me wrong. Like Paulo and France will kill it. We know that. They're going to score 20 plus a night. We know that. But if we want to go far and win more than one game in the playoffs, we will need to have Markel. We will need to have Wendell fully healthy and fully engaged on both ends of the floor. Right now, that is not the case. Um, but yeah, man, it's with the Goga situation, I mean, you got to just mostly have to figure it out. If it's for the betterment of the team right now to have Goga out there, make that move. If it's not, then fully commit to Wendell. But you cannot play him 12 minutes a night, three minutes in the first quarter, and three minutes in the Like, it's weird what's happening right now. But I get it also because Wendell is not producing. So how do you keep him out there when, you know, Goga's not playing him and so is Mo Wagner as well? I mean, that's the tough part because you cannot not play Goga. He tried that, and that really didn't work out. Nobody mm-hmm. liked it. I didn't like it. He, he's, in my opinion, has deserved to be on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, just to kind of put an example, right? I, I love, so far, some of the bright spots I've seen from Anthony Black. But if Markel Fultz comes back and Anthony Black doesn't get as many minutes, I'm not, I'm not really stomping my feet and, and you know, smoke coming out of my nose like to my in my opinion goga just has more weight for me right now because of the rim protection and and the the scraps that he picks up and the follow-up like he 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 does so much for this team that when we're rolling you know he's a big uh contributor to that so i don't know man it's it's tough coach mo's got to figure it out uh and we really really need wendell carter to to kind of snap back at um, back to what we know he's able to do. Um, with that being said, NBA trade deadline is right around the corner. But before we get into that, just a quick reminder, we do have our giveaway still going on for our, our HQ IG subscription. If you haven't logged into or been a part of it, we are giving away a City Edition jacket as well as a couple of Orlando Magic HQ hats, very similar to what Al is currently wearing right now. We're giving, we're we're selecting our giveaway winners on December 31st. Uh, and just a reminder, if you don't remember what the benefits are, get access to our members-only group chat where we talk about basketball literally all day long. You get exclusive 20% off select home games, once a month Q&A that we're going to be scheduling soon for our very first one, uh, monthly custom magic wallpapers, and then access to exclusive post stories and reels. So if you haven't done that, go on to Instagram, become a subscriber, and uh, talk magic basketball with us, man. It's, it's a lot of fun. Anyways, back to the NBA trade trade deadline. So NBA trade deadline is, what's the date? February 8th. February 8th. So right around the corner. Trade deadline is on Thursday, February 8th. So that's less than six weeks away. So the heavy hitting question, do the magic not do anything? Or do the Magic look to find ways to improve? And this is the biggest question that I think that people have to come to terms with. Because the the ongoing um, method that our front office have really been accustomed to is we're waiting, we're learning, we're watching. 
But at some point, we know that the Magic need to find a way to elevate their talent. And not saying that the talent isn't there, but, well, man, we suck at shooting threes. This is a three-point shooting-driven league. We have to be able to shoot the basketball. That's just the reality of it. We didn't make the rules. We're not going to be the only ones that create this um, new brand of basketball that's just gonna gonna work. We we have to be able to be a threat. I'm not saying that we have to be the best three point shooting team in the NBA, but we can't be at the bottom. If we want to be serious, we cannot be at the bottom. And it's it's surprising because we have players that are shooting the basketball. They have no problem shooting the basketball. It's just not going in for us. We need to be able to have consistent shooters. Again, we can contribute a lot of that to our injuries, but even when our players are healthy, we still haven't been the best shooting basketball team in the NBA. So with that being said, what do the Magic address? Do we stay put? Do we continue doing and we don't mess up the chemistry? Or do we find a way to elevate this team? Some of the uh, rumors that we heard was Tyus Jones. Could Tyus Jones be a target for the Orlando Magic? Is that someone that you would consider? Listen, he's a 42% three-point shooter. So anytime you talk about us getting a shooter that's shooting more than 40%, bring him on. Like, that's my, my takeaway. I don't care what position they play. If they can shoot the three-point ball, I'm game. But some quick stats to what you're saying. So think about our three-point percentage right now as of this recording. 33.7%. That is 28th in the league. Okay, that's not bad enough. Three-point actually made. We are currently at 10 per game. That is 29th in the league. Okay, what about attempting them? 29 per game, 29th in the league. So we are one of the worst teams besides Detroit when it comes to taking them, making them in our percentage. And again, we can say this for the past eight years, and that is an accurate statement. We're always 28, 29, 27th in the league when it comes to three-point shooting. What has drastically changed, in my opinion, is we now have a competitive team. We're now winning games, right? So if you're the front office, you've seen enough. You've seen who the core is. And I think we can answer that for you. Like, who's the core? We know who they are. We're not in the front office, but I can tell you who those are, right? It's Paulo's fronts. You can add Jalen Sucks to that, and you can add Cole Anthony to that. That's pretty damn accurate, right? Everyone else, if you can upgrade, you got to consider it. So with that being said, heading into the straight deadline, let me first start by saying, I don't think we make a drastic move. We may see another one of those. Oh, we traded for James Ennis, who's a three-point shooter, a defender. Sure. Um, Michael Carter-Williams back in 2019, like a small move like that that they think will be impactful, we may make. So it may not be that crazy, you know, like, oh my God, we traded for Buddy Heald. I don't think that will be the case. But we are winning games. We're in playoff contention. Paulo, Franz, and Coach Mosley, in my opinion, deserve the help. So if you're the front office, you have to really take a step back and say, hey, man, we know what we got. We know who we can count on. And what is our biggest weakness? Not only this year, but for the past five, six, seven years, shooting the ball. How do we improve while also addressing some of the weaknesses that we have? So they have to make a move. Who the players are, we can talk about over the next few weeks. But just the idea of it, they have to embrace it, man. And I, I think that the team has earned the right to be given a chance to compete every night. And it's hard to compete when you're shooting two for 25 from three-point range and then you're killing it on the defensive end. But if you can't score the ball, man, you can't compete. It's that simple. 
So what do, what do you think? Do you think we actually make a move? And do you think the front office is actually ready to pull the trigger on, on upgrading the roster some way, somehow? I, so I think we should. I just think we won't. Uh, because it it always it always ends up with the same thing the the excuse the excuse is well we haven't had a healthy team imagine what mm-hmm. we would be at what we're able to do if if we have a healthy team um i don't i personally don't think the magic really have the heart to part ways with uh markel Fultz or or trade from i think that there's there's too much invested into markel Fultz. um i also think that there's still a lot of upside to markel Fultz. Um, same goes with Jonathan Isaac. Uh, it wouldn't make sense to move Jonathan Isaac. There's too much of uh, his high op, um, upside um, and what he's able to bring and, and you know, his, his contract or whatever the case may be. Um, but at the same time, we have to be able to address the fact that we really can't rely on Markel Foles. It's different with Jonathan Isaac because we're not relying on Jonathan Isaac to be a star, uh, a starting caliber player. You know, he's coming off the bench with Markel Foles. He's your starting point guard. Like, mm-hmm. dude, we need you. And, you know, it's not Markel's fault, but what do we do about it? Like, they're, they're, exactly. at some point, the Magic have to decide, all right, if we're really ready to take the step forward, we need to be able to have a strong anchor a, a right next to Franz and Paolo. Like, we, we need that. Anthony Black is not that yet. We, we were hoping that that would be the case. And, man, what, talk about a dream scenario, right? You draft a, uh, a big point guard that is able to come in and and play alongside Franz and and Paolo, and if Markel Folds works out, then okay, he comes off the bench. If he doesn't, then you know Anthony Black takes takes over. But we're not at that stage yet. Um, so that that's the only thing that you kind of have to be mindful at because you've already invested in Anthony Black. So okay, let's say that the Magic made a trade for Tyus Jones, which in my opinion doesn't make sense because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next season. But let's say they did that, right? You you're now what what do you give up for Tyus Jones? He's already an undersized point guard, which I don't agree with having a player like Cole Anthony and Tyus Jones, who are both undersized point guards. But what what do you do? Who do you give up? And I think that that's the tough question that you really have to ask. At the same time, I don't really think Tyus Jones would cost too much. You know, the Wizards are already on a on a downfall. They're they're I don't I don't even I have no idea what they're doing over there. But whatever it is that they're they're doing, it looks like they're doing nothing, right? <laughs> so I, I would imagine it wouldn't cost much to be able to get a player like Tyus Jones. Um so in my opinion, if the Magic were to do something, it obviously wouldn't be a big move. Like it wouldn't be a, a massive transaction. It's not it's not like we're, you know, trading Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier for this massive haul, mm-hmm. right? We're not doing that. It's it's it would be small, small adjustments. So that's that's the only thing that I believe is where we're at. I don't think we will make a move, but if we did, it would be like a small, minor move. Um, would it be Tyus Jones? I really don't see the uh, see that happening just because of his his contract. Um, but I mean, February eighth, the Magic. I think the the most important thing is that no matter what happens, the Magic do have to be active. They should be on the phones. They should be making calls and, and talking to other teams and trying to figure out at least what our what the value is of our guys and what we're able to bring back. And if there is an opportunity to be able to elevate this team, then you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If you're really serious about making the playoffs, you got to address the shooting issues. Like, we've been talking about this for so long, but 
if you're real, if you get to to February 8th and you're saying to yourselves, we're still a fifth, fourth, heck, sixth seed in the East and you're doing well, how do we help this team move forward, right? We cannot just stay put and think, oh, let's just figure it out. Like, I don't know, man. You said it best. We can't depend on Markel, unfortunately. We all want him to succeed. We all want him to come in and sign a new contract with us, hopefully, if he's healthy and deserves that. But unfortunately, he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. So I'm concerned about heading into the offseason. Like, what do we even offer him for a contract? Um, another name I'm going to throw out there, too, which I like him as an individual, as a person, but we cannot depend on him, and that is Gary Harris. It seems like he plays five games, and then he misses three, four games. Again, you're trying to be a playoff team. He's your vet. He's one of your best shooters, and he cannot play. So what do you do about that? You got to figure that out as well. So in my mind, you got to address the Markel situation. You got to figure that out. Gary Harris, is he that bench shooter that you can depend on heading into the playoffs? Address that because otherwise it's a free agent heading into next year. And that's really the biggest questions is starting point guard and shooting off the bench. If you can find a way to address those two, you may be finding yourself heading into the playoffs with some positive mindset and again, fixing and addressing some of the shooting concerns that we have today. Um, but they have to do something to, to your same vision that you have. I don't think it would be, though, a major, major trade. Yeah, we'll find out. Still a lot of time before the NBA trade deadline. Um, and, and who knows, man? Maybe we, get, maybe we get our guys back and the team is rolling and then, you know, there, there's no need. But we, we need to be able to bring a point guard in that can really, really help this team. Anthony Black, he's doing the best he can. But, man, let's, let's be honest, we need more. Who knows, man? Markel Fultz, he, we thought that he was going to come back before Wendell Carter. That didn't happen. He ended up being questionable, and then it seems like there was a setback. Not saying that there was, but that's just kind of what it seems. And we know how the front office is. They are very, very cautious when it comes to Markel Foles. They're cautious when it comes to Jonathan Isaac. I will say that I do, um, you know, I, I like what I've seen from the Magic when it comes to Jonathan Isaac just because he's been out but they still find a way to bring him back in. He hasn't, it's not like he's been gone for an extended period. It's just, he's missing more games more frequently. Um, and I think that that's more from a management standpoint, because let's be honest, we're going to want Jonathan Isaac, you know, up and available when it comes to the postseason. Um, now kind of transitioning into all-star game voting. Do the magic really have a shot at bringing in Paolo or Franz? Do, do both of those guys have a shot to making it as an all-star this season? I think not both. Um, I think for sure Paolo will be in the running, um, especially if the Magic in some way somehow hold on to that fifth, fourth seed in the East. I think he'll definitely be in the game. Um, he won't be a starter. I know people keep talking about him being a starter. Like, that's not going to happen. He'll be a replacement. Um, and I'll be super thrilled when that happens because, again, remember, this is a kid that we drafted last year, kind of out of the blue. Nobody really knew what was going to happen, and we ended up picking him. Um, people were shocked. Some people were not. But at the end of the day, it shows that we made the right move. And I think if he can be an all-star in year two and take us to the province land, which is the playoffs to us, that is a win in my eyes. So as long as we do that, we'll be fine. And then as the team keeps getting better and better in the years to come, that's when you'll see maybe Franz get added to the equation. And now you have Paolo and Franz representing the Orlando Magic. But for now, in 2023-24, I think Paolo will be that guy. What do you think? I think so, too. There, there's been a lot of um, predictions, and the predictions have been 
Paulo Bancaro coming in as a reserve on the All-Star, representing the East Side, and Franz being an honorable mention, uh, maybe a replacement for injury, something along those lines. So um, it, it's going to be it's going to be fun, man. I, I think Paulo definitely has a chance. It's really important that if you're not voting every day, get into the practice of doing that because it matters. Because we may not have, you know, a, a, you talk about the bigger names, right? Because yeah, even when you try going into the NBA votes, it's not like you have to search for Paulo Bancaro. It's not like his face is just showing up. You know, a lot of times when people vote, they're just selecting well, what they see, and that. It's a little bit of a disadvantage. So make sure that you're voting every day. It does matter. And the fact that we have representation on the all-star team uh, would matter as well. And this is somebody that, you know, he it's almost considered, he was being considered last season, right? There, there was at least talks about it. So from getting talks to, to actually being able to have a real opportunity, a real shot at it, um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge. It's going to be fun because our last representation was Vooch, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different, it's a different selection, you know, it's, it's Vooch and then you got Paolo, like, as much as I love Vooch, Paolo, Paolo's that guy, and, and to be able to have him represent your team in the All-Star game uh, would be, would be huge, definitely. It'll, it'll hit different once you hear Paolo's name at the All-Star game or see him, you know, doing things on the court. Because uh, not for nothing, Vooch was out there, but he was just jacking up threes and kind of just on the <laughs> court. I think Paolo put on more of a show. Uh, and again, bring that attention to Orlando. Mind you, year two, that's the best part. It's only year two, so it's only going to get better. It's only going to be a repeat all-star in years to come. So it's the start of a great journey here for him and his career and also for the Orlando Magic. Yep. So as we close the chapter of 2023, um, and enter into the new 2024. Um, what would you say is your New Year's resolution for the Orlando Magic? I have a few that I, I kind of prepare ahead of time, knowing this topic was coming. But uh, I'll break. I'll bring it to simple two. Two of them. I'll bring it to down to two. That is, get me a shooter. That's number one. I think again, we've been waiting for so long. I still think the off season, mind you. 2024 means January to December, right? So it could be any time between now and next December. Give me a shooter that will make a difference for Paolo and France. So whether that is Buddy Heald in free agency, whether that is, I don't know, you make a trade for Donovan Mitchell in the offseason, whatever you do, just give me a guy that can put the ball in the hoop and needs to be guarded behind the three-point line, whichever way that is, free agency, trade, whatever that is. Um, and the second one is make the playoffs. I have plans in my head to be at Amway Center come April 15th and on. Kia. I want to. Kia Center. Kia. Damn. Damn. I just remember that. Kia Center. I want to be at Kia account. Center for the first time heading to a playoff game. It was so magical, right? There's a pun in there, to be there in 2019, watching the game three against the Raptors. Unfortunately, we knew we had no chance. We knew we couldn't win that game. We knew we couldn't win that series. Heading into this year, though, we kind of have bigger goals. And I think we can win a game two, perhaps, at home. So for me, get me a shooter and, you know, bring the playoffs to Orlando. I think we're ready for it. How about you? Um, two. So obviously health um, and not necessarily uh, health from, you know, you, know, you, you want to see Markel Fultz get back, right? But when I say health, I mean health for three guys in particular. Jalen Suggs, Paolo Bancaro. And Franz Wagner keep these guys healthy the whole second half of this season. And to me, that is really, really important because 
you know, we, we can, we're making, we're getting by uh, without Markel Foles. We're getting by, you know, without Jonathan Isaac here and there. We're getting by without Joe Ingles, kind of, sort of. But you think about how drastic um, or how impactful it would be if either Franz or Paolo went down, Jalen Suggs as well. You know, it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't want to see that type of basketball. Like, I, I want to make sure that those guys are healthy. So that, that would be my New Year's resolution. Keep those guys healthy. Um, and then the second one would be, man, find a way to get Jay Howard on the basketball court. Yes. Really no details there. It, it, it's, it's exactly what it is. We, Jay, Jay Howard should, should be there somewhere. The fact that Chuma OKK is getting more minutes than Jay Howard just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you drafted him 11th, right? So you, you had a vision for him. I, I wonder, and again, we don't want to expand too much on this, but I, I do wonder if this is kind of like a recovery year for Jet Howard. And I say that because we know he was hurt last year at Michigan. We don't really know the extent of that injury, how bad it was or how bad he's still dealing with it to this day. So I wonder if this is kind of like a red shirt year for him where they're kind of just babying him, watching him, developing his body. And maybe next year they unleash him. But it would be nice to know that because to your point, like not for nothing, that game last night against uh, Philly, perfect chance to say, hey, let's go out there and play Jet Howard because they're letting us shoot the ball. They're letting us, you know, they're giving us a three-point shot. Let's put some shooters out there. We didn't do that. And again, you didn't have Gary Harris, Joe Ingles, J.I., Markel. If that's the case, when is he going to play then? He's not. So... It's weird. It's a weird situation. We always knew that bringing in two rookies was going to be tough to a team that already had a lot of young talent, mm-hmm. but you did it. You made the decision. Play him. We need shooting. He can shoot. That's all I can say. Yeah. So, again, keep Franz, Jalen Suggs, and Paolo Napoleon James Bancaro <laughs> as healthy as possible and try to find Jet Howard some minutes. So, let's make it happen. Um. This week ahead, man, it's going to be tough. We got the Knicks tonight, followed by Phoenix on Sunday, Golden State on Tuesday, and then Sacramento on Wednesday. So you you have Knicks at home, but then you go on a road trip, and you're playing Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento away. We already know how the Knicks is going to be, man. You, you At the Kia Center, is going to be filled with Knicks fans. You need to be able to finally get that win at home. Like That, that needs to happen. We have to be able to get a win at home with the new name change. We need to be able to get that bad juju out of the way. But what are your what are your predictions? I'm going to go two and two, which would be ideal. I think if we can end January with a 500 record in, the, in that month and maintain that five to six games over 500 heading into the, the February and, and the rest of the year, that's a huge win for us. So I'm going to say two and two. I'm going to say we beat the Knicks tonight, which was going to feel amazing. And then I'm going to say, man, I think we beat Golden State. I think they're a team that they are figuring things out a little bit. But if you can control Klay Thompson or Steph a little bit, they don't have depth. It's that simple. So if you can control, you know, Jalen Suggs on Steph or Jalen Suggs on Clay, and they can kind of control their three-point shooting a little bit, we have a good chance there. So I think if we go two and two this week, that's going to be a huge uh, win for us. What about you? I don't want to be negative. I I have I have a gut feeling that we'll go one and three. I would love to go two and two. Two and two would be an absolute success. Um, I think that we do get the win against the Knicks. I think we struggle against Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento. Maybe maybe Phoenix 
maybe we're able to pull a win. Phoenix, there's a lot of um, a lot of turmoil over there that yeah. maybe we can take advantage of. Um, same with Golden State. Golden State isn't the the same Golden State Warriors that people are afraid of. So, you know, maybe maybe you take advantage of those circumstances. But um, you know, the, this this road trip is going to be tough, and the Magic need to be prepared for it um, because uh, we we've been struggling. So hopefully we're able to get some reinforcements to kind of help us out in the way. I was going to say one good thing is the Magic do practice on Saturday before they head out to Phoenix. And based on what Mosley had said, he wanted to see Markel one more time hit practice before he kind of decides what to do with him. So imagine how huge it would be to say, hey, we're heading into, you know, this road trip with Markel, New Year, and Markel is back on the court. That would be huge. So hopefully that happens. And then we get Joe Ingles back. I mean, we never heard that it was such a bad injury that he was going to miss months or weeks. They're being careful. I get it. But it's been a little while. So hopefully Joe Ingles and Markel can see the court. That will be huge for us. If our depth can be what it used to be a few weeks back, man, any of these games we can win. But if we're going into these games with three, four, five bodies down, no chance. Yep. So we'll we'll see. Tough, tough games coming up. But um, I did read somewhere that the second half of the season, the Orlando Magic have, uh, I want to say, the top three easiest schedule. Um, they do kind of finishing off the rest of the way. So uh, still a lot of opportunity for us to be able to either maintain or, or rise um, in the ranking. So, man, I don't care where we're at. As long as we stay, I want to stay as far away from the playing tournament as possible. If we can get into the postseason without having to fight our way in. You know, that's that's a bonus. And on that immediately gets us the respect that we want. And then when free agency comes around, Man, you're you're gonna be able to have a different type of conversation with uh, players in the off season. But I think about that. Think think about you saying you know, to someone, a free agent, hey man, we got Paolo, we got Franz, we got Wendell. We can have you, and you can be that missing piece that that person that can take us from the sixth seed or fifth seed to now third or second in the East. Like it, it can happen. So to your point, that's gonna be the key for us this this next four months. Is how do we stay away from the play in? Again, we have a ton of money to spend. We're not committed to anybody, right? We're not committed to Markel because of health issues. Yeah, same thing. So we may have close to two max contracts available. You never know. It might be scary. It might be scary. On that note, it's a wrap. I appreciate you for everyone for listening. Um, and the show is presented by Bet Online. Catch you guys next week. For all the latest magic news and updates, visit OrlandoMagicHQ.com. And follow us on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ and on Twitter at OMagicHQ. Also, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favorite listening platform.